Hello and welcome to the SpiceCast, the podcast where we talk about spices and the spicy moments in our everyday lives. I'm your host, Ruben, and joining me this episode are two very special guests. Guest number one, would you please introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Kaylee, and I'm a biologist that works with plants. Our first guest that actually has some expertise working with with the spices that we are talking about. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. And guest number two, what's your name? I'm Dee. What should people what should people know about you, Dee? I was playing FTL today and I got to the last boss and died on phase two. Made me very sad. Oh. That sounds like a an exciting occurrence. Yeah. Longtime fans of the show may remember D from our episode on cumin, or as he liked to pronounce it, cumin. <laughs> but today we're not going to be talking about cumin or cumin. We are going to be talking about coriander. Do either of you have favorite uses for coriander in cooking? I've only used it a couple times, mainly for Indian foods. I like to, uh, you know, toast them a little bit. I think I don't remember, and grind them up, put them into. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm sorry. Sounds like what you would do with a spice. I've yeah. used it in some of my ferments. I've used it to add like a nice taste of pickles. Mm-hmm. Um, that I didn't then eat. I gave them away because I don't like the taste. But people do appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think that's a pretty like traditional use for coriander. Um, as far as I know, is adding it to pickles or other fermented goods. Um, my favorite use for coriander is when you're cooking a big pot of beans, you can put some coriander in, some whole coriander seed that you've toasted, and it imparts a really nice flavor to the the like long cook of the beans. Huh. I've never made just a pot of beans before. Yeah, it's something I only started doing recently, but I I find that coriander seed and cumin seed are pretty great for that application. So that's what I like coriander for. What um, type in addition, of... oh sorry. In in addition to the um, the uh, kinds of curries and pickles that you two were talking about. What type of beans go best with coriander, in your opinion? I don't know that I've made enough beans, enough different types of beans to comment on that, but I think it would probably work well with any type. Um, I've used it with uh, pinto beans and black beans so far, and I liked both of those. Do either of you know uh, what coriander is botanically? The seed, the dried fruit of um, this cilantro plant. Yes. So. Um, some of you may be familiar, uh, many of you may be familiar with cilantro, uh, the herb 
that is used in Indian and Mexican and Southeast Asian and many other cuisines. Um, and you may also know that coriander comes from the same plant, coriandrum sativum. Um, and that plant is actually in the same family as caraway, fennel, and celery, among others. Uh, what you may or may not know is that sativum is a Latin word that was used for plants that were believed to have health benefits. Um, and so many of you who listened to our previous episode on garlic remember that it was called Allium sativum, the, the uh, species name. And so both garlic and coriander cilantro were uh, thought to have health benefits when the, uh, those Romans were, were naming all the plants. Yeah, when I was doing a little bit of research before this, I noticed that a lot of the health benefits seem to be uh, like gastrointestinal related. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think we'll get into that a little later in the episode. Um, I was under the impression that coriander was the name for the plant and call it coriander seeds is the spice we're talking about. And, but I'm not, I'm not sure. Yep. I was just going to clarify that. Aha. Uh -huh. Cause I, um, I heard that cilantro was the Spanish word for coriander, which is why a lot of people call it cilantro as well. Right. Right. That's right. Um, so the leaves of the plant are known as cilantro. If you're in the U S or in, um, Spanish speaking countries, but they're known as coriander in the rest of the world. And so there's, there's some confusion about whether people in general or like on the internet are talking about uh, cilantro or cilantro leaves or the coriander seeds. Mm -hmm. um, and on this episode, I just wanna clarify, we are only gonna be talking about the seeds um, for the most part, otherwise we'll clarify that we're talking about um, the, the leaves of the plant. Uh, but the, the seeds are the spice and the leaves are the herb, the leaves and, and uh, yeah, the leaves are the herb. So we are going to be, since this is the spice cast, we're gonna be talking about the seeds at this point. Um, and I did wanna also note that each fruit of the coriander plant um, splits in half and produces two seeds which is something that I thought was interesting and didn't know before uh, doing some research on coriander. Oh, they're like twins, just like Kaylee is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so coriander is known for its lemon or citrusy taste, um, but I have uh, one person on this show who is in the camp that interprets this taste as soap-like. And so there's, there's widespread controversy about coriander and cilantro, about whether they taste soapy or lemony. Kaylee, do you want to talk more about that? Yeah, so the reason people perceive the taste of soap, like me, is um, there's an abundance of aldehydes and terpenes within coriander. And the biggest one is linalool. And that's what we traditionally use to fragrance our soaps. It's also found in lavender. So you may 
get a soapy taste from lavender as well. Is that why you hate my hand soap? Yes. <laughs> and everybody else loves it, but you didn't. You couldn't stand the taste. Yeah, but I'm also one of those weird people that also don't like the taste and smell of lemons, and so coriander is just a double hit for me. <laughs> so even if you didn't have the gene, you wouldn't have liked coriander. Probably not. <laughs> so, um, in the oils found in coriander, um, you you get two stereoisomers of linalool, and one of those um, stereoisomers is actually known as corine and dole. <laughs> so, yeah. So, um, people say that it's genetic, right? Uh, whether you have a predisposition to uh, think that coriander tastes soapy? Yes. So, there was actually a study done by 23andMe where they got participants that said they liked the taste of uh, cilantro and coriander or that they hated it. And what they found was the people that they said they hated it they had a gene um, OR6A2 um, that was part of their olfactory region um, on chromosome 11. And yeah, it just specifically binds to the aldehyde in cilantro and makes them taste that soapy taste. <laughs> interesting Seems like some ethnicities have different percentages of having this gene from what i've read anywhere from like three percent to 21 percent of the population i'd be curious to find out which ethnicity has a one in five chance of having that dish soapy thing pretty much but i thought that so was interesting from what i was reading it seems like um areas of the world where they use coriander more cilantro and coriander more in their cooking have a lower incidence of that gene um, and I don't know if that's just that people get over the fact that they hate the, the taste of coriander and cilantro <laughs> or if that's actually like a, a positive correlation with more exposure or something well and then it's also like yes you can taste the soapy taste, um, but it's personal preference if you don't like that. So yes, you could genetically taste it, but you may enjoy that flavor. I'm just personally not one of them. Yeah, I don't think a lot of people though are gonna enjoy something that tastes like dish soap. <laughs> just never know. Just though. a guess. Yeah, I mean, what, whatever floats your boat. If you wanna drink dish soap, to a degree that is safe, feel free. What if you were a sentient plate? A sentient plate? Yes. You mean maybe. like the one that featured in my video game that I just made, Pick Your Plate? <laughs> you have a sentient plate in that game? Yes, his name, is, his name is Plato. Oh my god, <laughs> maybe Plato would love coriander if he had the gene. Anyways. You know what, I think he would. And I think we're going to have him as a guest on this podcast. <laughs> Is that canon now in your game? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. 
Okay, so I, I want to talk a little bit about how coriander is generally used in cooking. And feel free to jump in if you have any additions. Um, so ground coriander is used in the spice blend garam masala and also in many other aspects of Indian cooking. And usually it's used in combination with cumin. Um, so D, you know, there's a, there's a through line to your performances on the spice cast. It's all <laughs> things that are great in uh, Indian, Indian dishes and go together. Yeah. Which makes sense because I am Indian. That is, as far as I know, not true. <laughs> It's actually funny. Apparently, coriander, uh, the the herb, is called mm -hmm. Chinese parsley in many parts of the world. I just thought that was interesting. Which is funny yeah, because it's well. not related to parsley at all. And it's funny because right. as a Chinese person, we actually call it uh, American spinach. It's also not related that, to spinach. That sounds like a lie. Also, <laughs> it's also not true at all. <laughs> oh, you made that up. Yeah, well, they, they actually call it something that's just, that it's called xiangcai, which basically just translates to aromatic vegetable. So I wonder if that's related to the soapy, because that xiang word is like how you would dis might describe like a fragrant, like potpourri type smell, you know? So I wonder if that is related. Yeah, so the aldehydes and esters found in coriander is what makes it so fragrant huh. yeah and and um those same chemicals are also sometimes used in perfumes which is pretty interesting so i assume kaylee that you would hate those so um kind of it's, it's weird so when you have these fragrances and they mix with other fragrances i can stand it you know what i mean so like yeah. I actually can handle coriander better than cilantro the herb because there's more like a lemony tang that I don't know it makes it palatable for me. So like when you mix it, it's fine. <laughs> uh, it, when it's just pure little, I don't think I can handle it. Got it. So going back to Indian cuisine um, and going back to something that you were saying about um, digestion. Uh, roasted, uh, roasted coriander seeds can be eaten as a, just by themselves as a digestive or a snack in some parts of India. And in fact, toasting or roasting the seeds before consumption is always recommended, not because they're poisonous or anything, but because otherwise they can be kind of tough to chew. And coriander seed is also used extensively in cooking in many parts of Asia, um, as well as other parts of the world. And I'm gonna get into a few of the more common uses. So in Germany and South Africa, uh, coriander seed is used in, in the production of sausages. Um, and so there are actually famous sausages from both of those places that have coriander seed in them. Uh, it's it can be used as a substitute for caraway seeds in rye bread in um, Central Europe as well as Russia occasionally um, that seems like a more uncommon use uh, like Kaylee was saying it's used in the process of pickling vegetables in a lot of the world um, 
It's also a common addition to the beer brewing process, especially in Belgian wheat beers alongside orange peel. Uh, so it, it like builds the, the citrusy depth there, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, some, uh, it's also commonly used in Mexican cooking and then some less common uses. Um, coriander is used by some Native American groups who have ground it with chili uh, and use the mixture as a condiment. Uh, that was something that I, I didn't know at all. That seems like a, an interesting way of using it. I do want to mention, so we noticed, or we've talked about how uh, coriander is in all of these different cultures of uh, foods, um, but there's actually no like connection to the tasting of this coriander gene that I keep talking about with other cultures and, and races, like mostly Caucasians have this connection, but there's no statistical increase in any other races like you were asking about earlier. And I just wanted to bring that up. It is weird that the only people I know who have that gene are uh, Caucasian. Yeah, I've only ever heard people complain (laughs) that are Caucasian. Maybe we're just the loudest. Or the most present in the United States as well. Well, these statistics were like studied in other countries. So Mm -hmm. it's not like just a U.S. study. Interesting. So are either of you familiar with uh, sugar plums? They're the candy that is often associated with Christmas. Are those the like fermented ones? No, I think they're usually like small pieces of fruit covered in sugar or just small balls of sugar. I've actually never had one. I only know the sugar plum fairy. I don't know. Yeah, from the (laughs) nutcracker, right? Yeah, I've never actually eaten one or known anyone to eat one. I've eaten candied plums. I'm not sure if they're the same thing. Yeah, I'm not sure. And I'm not super familiar with sugar plums myself, but... um, Some stories about sugar plums or about the origin of sugar plums say that they were originally coriander seeds coated in hard sugar. So that's kind of interesting. It's less of the purely sweet candy and more of the like sweet spicy kind of thing. I feel like plums and coriander seeds are very different in size. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think they're whole plums. I don't think sugar plums are whole plums. I think they're like generally smaller pieces of fruit mm-hmm. or something else. There were also some other spices that apparently were originally used for sugar plums as the, the interior. Huh. All right, so with that, I think we're going to move to the history of coriander. Okay, so a little bit about the history of coriander. Okay, so the the word coriander comes from ancient Greek through Latin and French, and um, it's speculated that the root of the word is related to the Greek 
Chorus. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right, but which that means um, stink bug. And Kaylee, I think you have a little background on that. It is interesting because the compound two decimal is found in cilantro. Is also found in the secretion of the stink bug. So people are smelling stink bugs when they have crushed cilantro. So it's crazy that somebody, I don't know, multiple thousands of years made that connection and named it based on that stink bug. <laughs> yeah. So coriander is native to a pretty wide area that includes southern Europe, northern Africa, and western Asia, so that whole general region. Um, The oldest remnants of coriander that have been found in the world uh, were in a cave in what is now known as Israel, um, and they are believed to be over 8,500 years old, which is, I think, the oldest, perhaps the oldest record of a spice that we've had on the spice cast so far. That's crazy old. I wonder if it still tastes like anything. What kind of remnants did they find? Um, I think they were like fragmented seed seeds. Uh, so possibly they had been eaten uh, previously. And I'm, I don't know, I'm fairly sure they wouldn't still taste like coriander, but. Maybe they taste like 8,500-year-old soap. <laughs> A lot of coriander seeds were found in the tomb of King Tut in Egypt. Um, Actually, I think it was like half a kilo of, of uh, seeds, meaning that uh, coriander was likely being grown in Egypt more than 3,300 years ago. So that's pretty crazy that they were already valuing it so highly to grow so much of it and put so much of it in his tomb. Um, going now in chronological order, coriander um, was possibly hanging in the hanging gardens of Babylon um, because some people report in like folklore and legend that that was one of the primary smells of the garden Um, which is kind of interesting it's not what I would expect to be like the fragrance of a mythical amazing wondrous garden but you know what stink bugs Babylonians can do what they want I guess right um and obviously nobody knows whether the Hanging Gardens of Babylon are real or if they're just like a, a made-up thing. Um, but, you know, some stories do say that coriander is present in them or was present in them. It was also an important spice in ancient Greece, um, not only for, not, not only actually as a spice, um, but also for its use in perfumes, uh, like we were saying earlier. So as long ago as ancient Greece, it was already being used for for scents. Um, I don't know if either of you are particularly familiar with the Old Testament, but the food given to the Israelites by God, which is known as manna, um, is described in uh, the Old Testament as being the size of a coriander seed, but white. Huh. Which is interesting that they used that for measurement. Um, <laughs> it's not the first reference to a seed in um, 
in the the Torah or the Bible, longtime listeners will remember that a mustard seed was very important in the story of, I believe, Jesus Christ. Um, but that that was episode one, so you know it was a long time ago. Jumping forward significantly, coriander, or actually the coriander plant, was one of the first plants that European colonists grew in present-day Massachusetts, um, and that was in the 1600s that they started growing it there. It just it just seems like it's not what I would prioritize in terms of, uh, of plants to start planting after colonizing a, a new continent. Same. But I guess it grows well in sandy soil. Hmm. In the present day, the largest producers of coriander are India and China, which makes sense based on India's use. Um, and however, it is commercially grown in nearly all countries of the world, uh, making it perhaps the widest grown spice that we've talked about as yet on the spice cast. Huh. Apparently, uh, coriander was brought to China via the Silk Road around 400 AD. Hmm. And uh, I think they knew that because they discovered a book that recorded how to plant it. That's cool. Okay, so let's take a break for a word from our sponsor. from our sponsor. This episode of the Spicecast is sponsored by White Clam. White White Clam is the hard seltzer you've been looking for. Did did either of you know that the average clam has 15 calories? No. <laughs> One can of White Clam contains just the same, 15 calories with 15% alcohol and 15% clam juice. Oh. <laughs> I mean, clams are hard, so of course, white clam seltzer's got to be super hard as well. <laughs> yeah, that's right. The alcohol content is so high that they can't legally sell it in six U.S. states. And four other states have banned white clam because they can't handle the amazing, sparkling clam sensation. Legally, we're not allowed to say that it's better than white claw, but you get the idea. This white clam have flavors like white claw does or are they all yes. just clams all the flavors are clams they're <laughs> different different kinds of clams so kaylee i've heard you're very into white clam can you tell us a little bit more more about your experience i love it it sure doesn't make me clam up <laughs> yeah i think we can all say that and D, um, what do you think of the, the white clam sensation that's sweeping the nation? I love it. I love all their different flavors. I love all their different meat flavors. The only flavor that I, I, I don't like is the sheep flavor because there's no lambs when you're drinking clams. Here, here. 
Turn that final W upside down and pick up some white clam today in a store near you. Thank you to White Clam for being a proud sponsor of the SpiceCast. And now, back to the show. So let's talk a little bit about the medicinal uses for coriander. In traditional medicine, coriander was used to help with a wide variety of problems, but the, the most common one was um, to treat stomach aches and constipation. Um, that is pretty interesting. Uh, some other uses include using it to help regulate blood sugar levels. Um, especially in people with diabetes, um, and also to treat problems such as arthritis, mouth ulcers, smallpox, skin disorders, and even cancer. So that that's a, that's a pretty wide list, pretty broad application. It does seem like not only does everything cause cancer, but also everything helps with cancer. Every spice yeah, I think there's a lot of research into a lot of um, spices and how they might interact with cancer. And uh, I think there's also a lot of traditional belief that spices are beneficial to your health. And I'm not exactly sure uh, where that comes from originally, but it seems like it's shared throughout a lot of cultures around the world. I think the seeds um, of lots of plants end up... Uh secreting all these essential oils and you know how everybody feels about essential oils and trying to sell them and purport their medicinal uses yeah but were they thinking about that like thousands of years ago the spice trade was like a huge deal that was like the main thing that people were trading you know true i guess i just I assumed that was for culinary use, not for medicinal use, but I definitely could be wrong on that. Well, if you're trying to sell it for, uh, you know, culinary use, but you're like, also, you can use it to cure stomach aches, like people might be like, I'll give you three chickens instead of two, you know, for that. Excuse me, I think you need to up your chicken game. <laughs> That's worth at least six chickens. Um. So many potential health benefits are widely believed, even throughout the scientific community. Um, and however, there haven't been a ton of like published study studies on the actual health benefits to adult humans yet. Um, but there's ongoing research to attempt to support claims of coriander's benefit as an antioxidant, an antimicrobial, and in the treatment of diabetes. Those were just like um, the first three things that I found. Um, but there's, there are also studies on cognitive improvement related to coriander consumption and um, the anti-anxiety properties of the spice. Those I think are, those all I think are really interesting studies. And, you know, I only hope that coriander can be so like, so great for people's health that 
all of those studies are like proven true. Yeah, I think I think the reason why it's so commonly used in ferments and pickling is because the antimicrobial like benefits not only the adding taste, but it's preventing like negative bacteria like botulism from growing. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Uh, I heard that coriander was used a lot in uh, like the Bronze Age when when soldiers were invading, like it was in their in their gruel that they were eating, and uh, I, I feel like that makes sense because constipation is like such a big deal when you're eating all these like hard tack you know type easily carried around foods that your body can't really digest very well yeah yeah that does make sense it's a good source of fatty oils um that you don't normally get Apparently during the Renaissance, coriander was thought to be an aphrodisiac as well. And it was put into love potions and they they mixed it with wine to quote unquote stimulate the animal passions. But that could have just been the wine. (laughs) Maybe the coriander helped. Oh, can I add also? Please. uh, Apparently, the Chinese believe that those who consume coriander seeds will be rewarded with immortality. That seems... Wait, like how many coriander seeds? I don't know. Because if if you only have to have, like, I don't know, maybe a seed a day, it's probably worth it for as Mm -hmm. long as you want to live. It could be, like, you just have three at some point and then you're just set for life. (laughs) So let's jump quickly into some pop culture about coriander. So let's go with a little bit of pop culture about coriander. Fun fact, did either of you know that coriander was one of the original ingredients in the secret formula for Coca-Cola? I did not know that, though. That's that's pretty cool. Yeah. How did they know if it was in the secret formula? The original secret formula was revealed. Uh The current secret formula, we don't know if it contains coriander. Or cocaine. We do know that it doesn't contain cocaine. Think the, I think they would test for that. Like you were mentioning, um, in the collection of Middle Eastern folktales known as 1001 Nights, coriander is mentioned as an aphrodisiac. So it was um, part of Middle Eastern mythos as well. Huh. And then there's, there's a lot of uh, people named coriander in literature, or at least a few. Um, there's a children's historical fantasy novel that's called I, Coriander, in which the main character is a girl named Coriander Hobie. That's pretty great. That's related to the name Cori at all? That's a really pretty cover. Oh, you've seen this book before? Mm-hmm. It's apparently 
not the best book, but not the worst. Kaylee, have you read it? I don't think I did. I think I like liked the cover, picked it up, and then I was like, nah. Well, I wonder if you've read this one. It's the uh, Coriander is the title of a 90s romance novel with a main character named Coriander Wyatt. Have you read that one? No. <laughs> then in film, there was a 2019 animated film called Coriander and a Penny's Worth of Lonesome. Uh, and that features a female vaudeville performer named Coriander Sim. So it seems like it's, it's generally a female character that's named Coriander. All right, so I want to talk a little bit about um, Coriander in music. Had, do either of you uh, know the Australian punk band Hack the Mainframe? No. Well, they have a really awesome song that I think you should listen to. Uh, it's called Coriander. And they basically sing about how gross coriander smells <laughs> and tastes. Wow. Um, I, I think they're talking about the leaves, cilantro, um, but it is a pretty awesome song. Yeah, I wonder if in Australia they call coriander the seed or the leaf or the herb. They they specify coriander is both the seed and the leaf in Australia. And uh -huh. so they could be talking about either, but I think they're talking about the leaves. In other uh, music references, um, the band R.E.M., uh, they actually mention coriander in two different songs. Um, so they sing about coriander stem in the song Find the River and about coriander seeds in the song Parakeet. I don't really know why they're obsessed with coriander. <laughs> but they they also had a lyric that mentioned turmeric, so I think they're just really into spices. Spices can even make songs more flavorful. <laughs> Do either of you uh, know the, the Tom Waits song, Eyeball Kid? <laughs> so I wasn't familiar with this, but um, there's a character in the song named Coriander Pyle, which is a pretty great name. Um, and Coriander Pyle reportedly had 16 children with Zenora Bariella in the song, which <laughs> I, this is like a pretty detailed description for a song. Uh, but 16 children, any any thoughts or feelings about that? Too many kids. It's, uh, it's a lot of kids. And it's a strange last name. What was the last name? Pyle, P-Y-L-E. Because he has a pile of kids. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would even say 16 is too many kids. I would go that far. <laughs> But, you know, that may be a controversial opinion. Um, two, two others. Uh, the band Fountains of Wayne, who many of you may know from the song Stacy's Mom. Um, they have a different song called Super Collider, and they have a reference to Coriander in there. And finally, they're, in uh, the... Sorry. Uh, sadly, their, their, uh, their singer passed away, like, earlier this year. Oh, really? I didn't I know that. I think it was due to coronavirus, actually. I remember that. Yeah. He was one of the first big name deaths that were like a celebrity associated with 
coronavirus. I didn't know that. Well, we appreciate you for your coriander references as well as your other work. And finally, um, in the musical Sweeney Todd, uh, coriander is mentioned in the song, God, That's Good. I wonder if it was related to the fact that I believe he made sausages out of the people. Meat pies. Meat right? pies? Oh, okay. Never mind. So this is a spice. Yeah, but, but the, whole, the whole musical, I think, is very related to food. And so it's not that crazy that he would mention um, coriander. Mm-hmm. Human food. Mm, yes, I humans as could, food. Yeah. <laughs> We're very clear that uh, on the Spice cast that cannibalism is wrong. But and if you were going to do it, use spice. We spices. do not partake in it. Yeah, make sure it tastes good. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Definitely. If you have any thoughts about cannibalism, coriander, or any of the other topics we've mentioned on the podcast please feel free to reach out to us at podcast at thespicecast.com. We'd love to hear your thoughts, hear your questions, or just get your hot takes on all of the controversial topics that we've discussed. Do either of you have anything else to add about coriander or anything else? No. No. Well, then with that, I just want to thank you both for being on episode 11, Coriander. Thank you, Kaylee. Thank you, Dee. Thank you. Thank you for having us. It was super fun. It was great to have you. And uh, we'll have to do an, well, I don't know if we really want to do an in-person tasting with Kaylee with Coriander. (laughs) I'll watch you, team. No, I want to see the reaction in person. (laughs) I think that um, we should stream your reaction on the Spicecast Twitch channel. <laughs> okay. Which everybody can uh, follow us at twitch.tv slash the Spicecast podcast. What do you do on that uh, Twitch channel? On that Twitch channel, uh, so far, I've just been editing the podcasts on that channel, um, but I would love to start doing more food challenges. And so specifically... I have a goal of doing um, some spicy food challenges, including the spicy noodle challenge on that Twitch channel with some friends. Oh, cool. We can potentially maybe do some uh, like cooking of recipes that feature the spice we were talking about. That would something. be super cool. Yeah. yeah, that'd be super fun. Do like a chili off. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, the, the other places that you can interact with the Spice cast include at Twitter, at the SpiceCast, or Facebook, at the SpiceCast Podcast. Um, and again, the email is podcast at thespicecast.com. Uh, feel free to send us your questions or comments. I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, so I've been your host, Ruben, and thanks again to my guests, Dee and Kaylee, on episode 11, Coriander. And we're out.
So Kaylee, what's your opinion on white clam? It's clam-tastic. 